Welcome to the Horror Babble Originals podcast. A Strange Incident at the Barbers by M. D. Vickers. The men walked into the empty barbers and looked around. There was no sign of the proprietor at all. The floor was littered with clumps of contrasting hair. On several chairs were magazines that looked circa 1950. The man, his name and age being John Forshaw and 42 respectively, called out in a bid to rouse the absent hair-cutter. From an upstairs room, footsteps sounded hastily, followed by the creak of an opening door. Forshaw lowered himself down on a seat free of archaic literature, and waited. The footfalls grew louder. The man sounded of awkward gait, and was respiring laboredly. He appeared in the doorway, a somewhat menacing apparition, Forshaw thought, and then uttered a greeting from a throat that sounded meth-scarred. Forshaw returned the greeting, and obliged the barber's waving hand by positioning himself in the swivel chair. Oddly, the peculiar groomer then deftly manoeuvred himself over to the door, and drew across a bolt after flipping the open sign to closed. "'Just doing the one today,' he croaked, and threw a cape over Forshaw, to be more specific, his shoulders. The cloth gave off an unsettling odour of dried blood and dandruff. The gravel voice spoke again, ascertaining what style he required. Forshaw told him nothing elaborate, just a trim, a short back and sides. The barber then introduced himself as Harold Mocklock, and went on to say that he'd been cutting hair for forty years. Forshaw responded with the expected exclamation of surprise, as a pair of red-bladed scissors began to snap over his thick thatch. He glanced in the flecked, circular mirror over the sink, and glimpsed a profile of the somewhat creepy character, hacking away at his barnet with almost insane— enthusiastic glee. Forshaw felt a sudden exodus of blood from his stomach. Had the bloke lost it? His eyes held the look of someone unable to prevent the rigging snapping in his mind. Or was that just his way? John Forshaw found himself hoping very much the latter. The barber began to sing. A deep, guttural sound emittance that sent a shiver twisting its way down Forshaw's spinal cord. The song was mournful, a verbal funeral pyre, a voicing of some inner torment buried deep and tearing its way to the surface. And all the while, hair continued to fall in chunks, tumbling over the nauseous shroud and landing bouncily on the sea of other cranial fibres below. The wailing escalated, becoming more of a shriek than a slim resemblance of singing. Stop! Forshaw almost shrieked himself. Instantly, the barber complied, and fell silent. The snipping continued regardless, and Forshaw's line of vision switched to the floor, around the chair, around Mocklock's unorthodox footwear. Next to the base of the chair, less than three inches from the barber's left shoe, was what looked like a human earlobe. There was a spiky shard of cartilage protruding from the top of it. 
It was also rimmed with a crusting of blood. From inside the gruesome, severed pinner, several hairs sprouted. Forshaw's stomach flopped like a netted trout. Jesus Christ, what's that on the floor? He demanded, attempting and failing to keep his voice even. Mocklock stopped to look. Nope, sis, that should be in the jar with the others. Forshaw followed the line of a gnarled finger to a big jar on a shelf, filled with what appeared to be pickled ears. He glanced back towards the mirror, horrified, and found that the eerie barber's gaze was returning his with an almost palpable menace. His lips had parted, revealing teeth that were far beyond salvaging. The rotted stubs of enamel then proceeded to grind together, and Forshaw noted, with snowballing horror, that the incisors were rocking around loosely in the gums as he did so. Mocklock then, with uncanny speed, unhooked what initially looked like an electric razor. The resemblance to that relatively safe item stopped, however, at the front. Instead, a series of rusted, dark red-coloured twisted corkscrews buzzed around noisily. John Forshaw leapt up from the chair, the hideous cape still tucked into his collar. With a roar of unaccountable rage, the barber shot his right arm holding the devilish implement forwards. The blades crunched their effortless passage through the bridge of Forshaw's nose and beyond, turning the lower half of his forebrain to paste. The body of the dead accountant fell back into the swivel chair, his face nothing more than splintered sinuses, and a coagulation of blood, mucus, and brain fluids. Harold Mocklock deactivated the freshly blood-stained machinery, and hung it back up on its hook. He then took down a knife, and used it to slice off a trophy. Stooping, to retrieve the other ear he'd carelessly left on the floor, he plopped them both in his jar. Absently, he brushed away clumps of cerebral matter from his shirt and face. He shouldn't have told him to stop singing. That's what had done it. Why couldn't he just have listened? With a monstrous sigh, he gathered himself together and headed off to the kitchen for the mop and bucket. As he commenced the laborious task of cleaning up, he resumed his singing once more. I do the feeling, uh, I do the light, uh, and I 